I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We have a special edition for you this evening. We are going to look back uh, over the last decade. How, how is it? What, how, what, how do you reference the decade, the one that's just gone? What do you mean? Like, well, 90s, 80s, 90s. <laughs> that's stumped everybody. It's tens, isn't it? The tens. The tens. The tens. Just the tens. It's obviously not a well used well, you wouldn't, you don't phrase, say, whatever well, it is. Well, it's the tens, isn't it? Because you don't say 1990s, you said 90s, because that means that you'd you didn't disregard the 1890s. Well, it's not the 90s last century. You're probably right, but 90s. what I'm saying is I've never heard anybody Well, it's a 10s. There you, you go. I have just now. No, I've been, the there you go, the 10s. So we're looking at the team, the best team of the 10s. The best team of the 10s, right. yeah. Right. Which 10s? You need to use your mic, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Which 10s? It's almost like you don't do this for a living, Gary. Yeah, yeah. That's why they give him the... No, uh, no usually I've got a mic on me. <laughs> that's on my headpiece, that's, that's why. That's yeah. true. So you'll recognise a couple of voices joining us tonight. So former Sunderland captain, Gary Bennett. Evening. Evening. Long time since you've been on with us, Gary, so good to have you back. And James Hunter from the Chronicle. We had to get a journalist who's covered Sunderland across the tens, James. Oh, thank you. Because um, the others have been in and out, and you've been a loyal servant the whole time. And I've suffered through it, you've as suffered, everyone else you've did. You've suffered with us all <laughs> through it. So what, we, what we'll do, I think, in the first um, part of the show, we're just going to go back over the over the decade and have a look at the different managers and some of the different results and just have a bit of a chat about it and then the second bit myself gareth and james have put uh, our team of the decade together and then uh, ben is going to have the I'll deciding a, factor i'll be the judge i'm the simon cowell <laughs> there you go <laughs> exactly that so um quick fire for you all to start with the manager at the turn of the decade 2010 was steve Spre- Spre- was it <laughs> it was one of those two. It was Bruce. It was Steve. Was Bruce. it really? It was. Just speaking all nine, did he? Sabrazia was the year before, you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Um, top scorer in that season. So the first top scorer of the decade. Bent. Darren Bent. Yep. yep. First he's, he's signed in all nine. He's signed in Bruce's first window, did he? Yes, he, he did. did. Um, first player's player of the season. Well, it would have to be Bent. It was. Yeah. First fans player of the season. Um, would have to be Bent. Is this 10-11 you're talking about, or 9-10? It was Darren Bent. 9-10. All right, okay. Uh, it was Darren Bent, yes. And first young player of the year. Jordan Anderson. It was Jordan Anderson. Yeah. Right, here's one for you. First, <laughs> first. Have you, pre- have you briefed Gary? <laughs> <laughs> he's just good at his job, Gareth. He takes it all in, see? <laughs> Um, first permanent signing of the decade. So in that January, 
Steve Bruce signed somebody. A couple of lone players, they don't count. Well, Lee Catamull. 21st of no, January. it wasn't Lee Catamull. 21st of January. For undisclosed fees. I'm not even sure how much he cost. I don't think any of you would get it. I wouldn't have got it. I'm trying to think because Benjani did Benjani came on loan, didn't on he? On loan, yeah. So this is a permanent sign in this one. <clears throat> one permanent play signed in that January is defender. Defender. From Tottenham. No. 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 Tal Ben Ayum? Nope. So tell you? Callum Davenport. No, but that's closer. Matt, Matt Kilgallen. Yes, James. Okay. Matt Kilgallen. With Sunderland's first Callum sign and Callum Davenport. Yeah. He's not <laughs> in Where it. did you pull that one out from? <laughs> He's not in huh? there. Do you remember his surgeon run against Portsmouth God. when we we yeah. beat three one there and he like went on this amazing run and then like swung this back ball at the back post. I think um Jan scored or something on and then we got beat three one in the game. It was a big game that one. And now we're both in League One, so there you go. <laughs> there you go indeed. So Disappointingly, because I was gonna, I was gonna pull the um, the first Premier League team up uh, of the decade. So second of January two thousand and ten, it was actually an FA Cup game, which is mental because you don't normally play the FA Cup in, that early in January, do you? So I don't know if it was because it was a World Cup that year or something. What year? When, when was it? Second of January. No, it's a first. It's a first weekend in Jan, isn't it? Usually, but you normally play. Usually. But you normally play New Year's Day, don't you? No, no. no. In the league, you do, don't you? Oh, yeah. the league, yeah, yeah. But cup, that's what I'm saying. The so cup's usually the first oh, yeah. weekend yeah. in that January, isn't it? So there wasn't a game the following weekend. I feel like I don't imagine it was international or something, but it was actually an FA Cup game against Barrow. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and we won 3 0. Steve Mel I've got the team here if you want it. No, we will do that with some other games later. So, 16th of January was Sunderland's first game of the decade. It was a way to Chelsea. Anybody want to tell me the score? 3-1. It was 7-2 to Chelsea, okay. yes. So not the one I'm thinking start. of. Yes. Not, it wasn't the one I was thinking of. <laughs> I bet you can't name the team. I can because I've got it in front of me. Laurek Sharna played centre-half, didn't he? Do you want to have a goal? Did a couple of youngsters play? Did um, Zenden scored for us and Ben scored for us, I think. There were a couple of youngsters on the bench. Mm-hmm. One was a there were a few full back. There were, was there a full back? One, two, three, four. You yes. could class as youngsters on the bench. Mm. So must um, be an injury. Was that the game? No. I was thinking it of was, the one it with Nadeem Manoa, but it was, obviously it, wasn't that one. It wasn't Wagon who came. Who got it wasn't. It was, so it, was, the, it, was, it was another the, young lad. So the bench was Trevor Carson, That's Michael it. Liddell, Michael Liddell, Liam Noble, mm-hmm. Bolo Zenden, who come on and scored, Fraser Campbell, David Healy, and Ryan Noble. Right, right. Yeah. Peter, delivery man now. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, yeah. Chelsea used to spank us, then, but we did go there and win three 0 Yeah, well, that's the, yeah, 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 that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. the one you like to think of. But we yeah. did get batted down there a fair few times, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve Bruce, as we know, it would would it signed Darren Bent and they cut them all and Loxana that that summer and put together a good team actually. And for context, so Sunderland were sixth and seventh and eighth until December. So doing really well. And I think, personally, that team should have been around that spot. In December, they were 10th. And then throughout December, they were they were 10th. And then after the turn of the year, they dropped to 13th. And that's where they finished. Mm-hmm. Um, one game that stands out that season, I think a lot of people would put as their favourite ever game. Sunderland 3, Spurs 1. Yeah. Can we remember that one? With Zenden's volley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to look at the Sunderland team that day because that probably um, typifies that... Oh, it could be the best team we ever had 
in the Premier League era. Well, unless you look at Reed's first first goal, perhaps. Okay. Will people agree with that? I guess the highest we finished was tenth, didn't we, the following season? Mm. So you'd probably Similar have team. to argue that that was probably the best group that were put together since the return. Well, that game that stands out to people, Craig Gordon and Goal, Anton Ferdinand, Kieran Richardson, David Myler, Michael Turner, Paolo De Silva, remember him? Jordan yeah. Henderson, Lee Catamol, Fraser Campbell, Darren Bent, Steve Malbronk, start 11. Makes you a bit depressed now, doesn't it, when you think <laughs> yeah. about some of those players who play for you. My God. <laughs> um, right, so the next season, 2010-2011, by the October, this, this is when Steve Bruce had a really good team, I think. And he put that together. And we were seventh and we were sixth until late February. So, again, this is context of how good that team was. And we only finished 13th the season before because we went on a, on a really disappointing run. So, we were sixth and seventh over Christmas all the way into February. By April, we were 12th. Um, by the 16th of April, we were 15th. So, from the 1st of February, played nine, lost eight. We had a run. We had a, it was actually, I remember, we played Liverpool... And we got beat 2-0. We we're, were quite, we were reasonably poised on the table. And um, Jay Spearing, like, got, like, dived or something outside the box. And, like, they gave a penalty. And then the week following, it was, like, Quinn and Bruce did, like, a, like a series of talkings. Mm-hmm. Like, where they went around all over the place. Do you, did you go to one of these? I didn't know. No. So they did these, like... just like, to get fans so back pl- on side. Yeah, so I was already applied, going anyway. But, like, it was, we were doing quite well. And then the Liverpool game was a weekend before, and they had this series of talkings. And then we took three points from the next 10, the next 30 after that, and slipped right down the table. So everyone was sort of really positive in that when the talkings were happening kind of laughing and joking about because Bruce was like oh I got it wrong the ch- the, they were set up in the game and I, I should have done this and I should have done that and he got a bit of a round of applause and after he made a mistake in the game and then as I say well as you pointed out there we were lost 7 and 8 or whatever um, but I think we drew 3 of the games in the last 14 we... games we won 3 drew 1 and lost 10 um, I've got a Football echo here, which I will oh. n- never throw Gosh. away. I will Collect- never collector's item. I will <laughs> never ever throw this you away. Mention that now. Football Be- echo. What's one of them? Well, <laughs> and the reason is because just to look, and we've mentioned it lots of times where the the way Bruce sort of rewrites history. I mean, I've just mentioned the form there. We'll go on to the form in the next in the next season that, that follows on it, from that. It, but, it was but the same. The, the way I look, it was worse. <laughs> so the point the point is that, that was a good team, and we were sixth and seventh for the majority of that season. And that, in my opinion, is where a team that talented should have been finishing. So the crash was so severe. And then Bruce is almost, you know, he, he turns around and makes out like everything was great and everyone was happy and he was happy. That's that's the important thing. So, and I quote, this is before Sunderland won the last game against West Ham and finished 10th. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, this is before the quote. This is, this is Graham Anderson writing this. And Steve Bruce says, the last few months at Sunderland have been the worst of his managerial career. I quote, these last few months have been as bad as it has been for me in my time as a manager and I've experienced relegation. This has been something different for disappointment. Even if we finish in the top 10 by some good fortune tomorrow, it won't hide the disappointment of the last 12 games. Well, it does now in your eyes, Stephen, doesn't it? (laughs) It hides it massively. We had 25 games, 37 points. Let's turn the page over. Um, At that stage, I was convinced we'd get at least a point a game and get 15 being the top half. It's blown up in our face. 
um, uh, although five or six punches instead of blah 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 blah, blah. is this forbidden is it right no. so I think this season has brought it home to me how hard it can be to manage in the northeast, and that's nothing against the fans they have passion and desire to succeed which matches my own and because of that it's tougher mentally because you feel this incredible pressure not to disappoint and for me that's what this season's been a disappointment so if truth be known we've limped along badly for quite some time and at least we can draw a line under it now and look forward to next season there you so go i mean from I mean, the horse's mouth i mean <laughs> raking back through Eight-year-old copies of the Football Echo has got to be sort of the analog equivalent of yeah. going back through someone's Twitter timeline, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He I mean, thinks he's like football's <laughs> Andrew Neil. He's like going back through, interrogating Steve Bruce. It's like this is what you said. And now do you remember, do you remember this? Because it, because it's on record now, isn't it? And then what happened in the next season? We've I mean, we spoke about that transfer window yeah, many, yeah, the, many the, times. The transfer window about how we um, you know ripped that uh, that squad up. But in the first fourteen games of the next new season which is it's quite symmetrical actually because we're talking about the last 14 games of the previous season where I went that bad run he only lasted 14 games into the new season how many wins? three any advance on three? I'm going to say four I'm going to say two two five draws seven defeats so in the final 28 games from the end of one season, the beginning of the next one, we finished. We he collected twenty-one points from twenty-eight games. So last season, I looked at the league table to see where that would have put Sunderland in the Premier League, and it would have been um, in the relegation zone, four points behind Cardiff. So that's the sort of form we're talking about. Where were with they? a team that was that good, by the way? Where were they when uh, when he was sacked in the table? Um, I don't know. <laughs> We were seventeen. Did you, I thought you were going to give me the answer. Seventeen. There, we were seventeen. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we might. We were definitely seventeenth or eighteenth. Because Eric Black took the game at. They weren't in the relegation zone. I'm, no. I'm sure. So they must have been above. They were at the. Um, they went to Wolves and lost, didn't they? Stephen Fletcher scored twice. Yeah. And then O'Neill had the game against Blackburn, where we were terrible yeah. in the first half, and um, James McLean came on and. Yeah, turn the game around with a cross. Mm. I remember, like, you put this, beat someone, put a cross in, and the crowd like lifted straight away. See, people, <laughs> I know, like, currently there's like a lot of talk about toxic support, but the kind of supporters who get excited because somebody dribbles the ball and then puts a cross in, it tells you that you don't have to do too much to get people back on side. Mm. Mm. So, which is what happened, and then obviously Vaughan scored a ridiculous goal, didn't he? From and then uh, swinging Larson this paper about, about that actually. Um, oh. uh, cat size or possible move for Vaughn. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. go. The photo on the who who is that? Throw. Who was it? Graham. It was Graham. Good sources, Graham. Well done if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was on the back of his performance against Sunderland playing for Blackpool. Possibly. The the game is that the game where we had 35 shots and lost two 0 Yeah. Yeah. Martin O'Neill was next in. Benno, what were your Initial impression. That's the that's the manager all the fans wanted, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I time. think when Martin O'Neill came in, everybody thought, you know, you're rolling back the years to, shall we say, when I was at Sunderland early doors when Laurie McMenemy came in and everybody wanted Laurie McMenemy because they thought oh, he's the Messiah, he's coming back to the North East. And he was the one who was going to change everything at the football club. And it's the same with Martin O'Neill. You know, he's been on the 
shall we say, tongue of many, many supporters. And they're the ones, you know, he was the one what everybody wanted in place, you know. And uh, unfortunately, you know what happened. That was great to start but with, though. He took mm. us to eighth and we were eighth or ninth until the last nine games. We were eighth or ninth again. That squad, that was probably about right. Would, would you agree with that, Jim? That squad? Because Steve Bruce had a sixth and seventh I would say ten. I would season. say tenth, eleventh, because we mm. sold um, Bent obviously in the January previous, didn't we, to Villa, and mm. then we sold Jan, Jan outside went, the window, mm. and we only had Bent really as the main striker. I'd say it's difficult when you look back that far because, yeah, we're remembering the players that Sunderland brought in and sold, but what I can't, you know, decide, you know, should they, should they have done better than ninth or, or whatever? It's hard to remember whether there were eight squads that were better. Mm. You have mm. to. It's not just about yeah. Sunderland, is it? It's were there were there eight squads that were better than Sunderland I think the standard. Or 10. I think the standard in the Premier League was higher then than yeah. it is now. Yeah, definitely. I think that now that it's kind of diluted a bit. So at the bottom ten, twelve. I think it was far more competitive um, in in terms of standard and quality. You know, you, you look at the bottom bottom five, bottom eight. Now that team would. It'd be miles better than a lot of those teams in the Premier League now. You think so? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Yeah. Well, the, interesting. They failed to win the final nine games and finish <laughs> and finish thirteenth. <laughs> so, although they were like eighth or ninth most of the time. So, the next season, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. This was dull, lads, wasn't it? The Martin O'Neill, and we were fourteenth or fifteenth most of the season. Yeah. Um, Looked Sleep, like we were yeah. sleepwalking sleepwalking towards relegation, was, didn't it? And what what else has significant happened at the back end of that season, Stephen? He was sacked. No. <laughs> in the March of that in the in the March of that we season. We started a podcast. We started Wise Men Save Podcast in the March of that season. So, so it's all gone downhill from there and it's yeah, our yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely we'll take credit for that. Uh, so Undefeated we, against Newcastle since the start of the Wise Men Save Podcast. We lost at home money like he was sacked. Can you remember at the time, James, from a journalist point of view, were you surprised by that? We were we were 16th. Um, I do rem- do remember it happening. I remember it. I, well, I seem to remember it was a Saturday night, wasn't it? Yes. Wasn't it? After yes, the game. It was, it was, it was after, after the game. Night after the game. That, that, one of my most favourite memories of, of that time was listening to the Stephen Nolan phone-in on mm. Five Live when they produced um, a, a bloke who they went to introducing him as uh, Michael Gray and it wasn't the Michael Gray it was a Michael Gray and they were asking him about whether it was the right decision to sack uh, Martin O'Neill and this guy said uh, yeah well I, I guess so and, and as soon as I heard the voice I knew it wasn't the Michael Gray and then they, and then they, they said to him uh, and Stephen Nolan said so who should they go for next and the guy said I don't really want to speculate about those things. And this this guy then went on on Twitter and said, "I've no idea why Five Live just rung me up and, and asked me about the situation at Sunderland." But he was called Michael Gray. Was he a Sunderland fan? No, no. <laughs> Somebody's had a life. I think, there, he was, I think he was a university student in Scotland. There obviously he was obviously interviewed about something else, and someone has just gone to him. And uh, I think. He actually followed Barnsley. Barnsley was on air first, oh, and yeah. then this guy, and I kept expecting Barnsley to say, excuse me, that's not Michael Gray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he decided for the sake of broadcasting just to keep it going. Yeah. Uh, so Sorry, that's, that's, a, that's a complete No, that's a, good, that's a good story. Oh, that, I, James. Have, I have the audio somewhere, and I will produce <laughs> it at some point. That's good, that's good. De Pello de Canio then comes in. Uh, he loses his first game. He beats Newcastle his second game. That's going to... bit of a pattern's going to develop with that. Uh, the team stumbled over the line that season, but it wasn't... A great escape, and in fact, Sunderland were never in the bottom three. 
all season that year. So again, we want people to keep going on about these all these five great escapes out of the ten years you had there. So that was the case with Decanio. Um Bit of a nut to him, but all, wasn't he? <laughs> I think it was a bit of a surprise, to be fair, when he was appointed as manager. I think it raised a, a lot of, uh, shall we say, eyebrows. Um, I think we didn't see that one coming. No. Um, when he was appointed. Raised um, a lot of hands in Decanio's case. Sorry? Raised a lot of hands in Decanio's mm. case. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was different, wasn't he? He was. He was yeah. a different. Totally, what, I mean, totally. what was his last job? Swindon. No, I'm saying, what was his last job? To oh. sit and eat a day? Yeah. <laughs> Probably tells you what you need to know, doesn't it? It does. I think, well, Defanti come in then, and he was a... Oh, he, great. He, he, was a, he was an agent. But, like, this is a strategy used now, and Wolves do this, don't they? But the difference is, Wolves have... <laughs> ha, they have a super agent. Yeah. We had Defanti who brought in Diakite, <laughs> Moberg Carlson, Roberge, Cabral, El Hajibar, Mavrias, Mavrias, Decena, Aldador. <laughs> That's a good list, that Ben, wasn't it? Fantastic. Well, <laughs> you know, you, you've got to say, in the summer, we was all talking about we needed a good revamp. And we thought, right, okay, let's see. And he brought in, I think it was something in the region of 14 players. And we thought, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. And you've got to say, out of the 14 players, you really are scratching your head to actually say... One or two out of the 14, we're good. I've got four here. Which four have you got? The, what more, which is who what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, although he wasn't involved at the time. Uh, Vito Manoni mm-hmm. and Ki Sung Young on loan. And Jackarini, who I always liked. And he <sighs> what never happened there? What a sh- what, like, yeah. That's a classic Sunderland, that in it, like taking a player like that and then not being able to use him. So, like, I was looking at when I was looking to pick the team, I wouldn't put him in it. <clears throat> But like you, you say, how you how do we not how you? do we not get the best out of that player? But, Vito as well. Vito I've, beyond Manone, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you look back on Sunderland's history, how many times have they done that? You know, brought in so-called international class players. But unfortunately, when they're playing for Sunderland, we don't see that, do we? And and then they move on, and everyone raises their eyebrows and thinking, wow. We didn't know he, he could do that. It's, you know, we can go back to Rory Dilap. You know, yeah, yeah. Rory Dilap, who was at Sunderland. He leaves Sunderland, goes to Stoke, throws the ball in from the halfway line. <laughs> yeah, and nope. Sunderland didn't realise that he had a long throw. <laughs> oh, they did. They didn't let him do it. Yeah. 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 That's just typical of Sunderland, isn't it? It is. You yeah. know, and, and, and Giaccarini, good good player. Obviously, yeah. you've seen he went and obviously played for the international sides. He went back to Italy, did very, very well. And everyone's wondering, what's his best role? You know, could he play in the 10 role? It was a 10, wasn't it, really? You know, he, he had great ability, but unfortunately, we didn't get it out of him, did we? We didn't. We and played he, him in the wrong role. Yeah, and when he played, like, he, he, he scored three, four goals, didn't he, in a, in a bad team? When he did play, but he, you know, like you look at it again, it is frustrating because when he went back to Italy, like you say, Ben, where he was like, he played, I think he went, did he go to Bologna? I think it was. was Strip at the Italy team. And, but like when we signed him, I remember being on Twitter and the rumour came out that we were going to sign Giaccarini and there was like all these Italian people going, what? Like, why is he going to Sunderland? Mm. Like, this is ridiculous. 
like because we signed him from Juventus, I think it was. Yeah. And he'd been in the Confederations Cup. Just won the got, ti- like, title with, under yeah. uh, Conte, hadn't he? At, yeah. uh, and he at came Juventus. to Sunderland, and everyone was like, "That's an unbelievable signing for six million. I think it was six million euros. Yeah. Scored in his second game, I think, against Southampton. A header, obviously, he with did, being yeah. five foot two or whatever mm. he was. Um, and then, and obviously, Cabral. I mean. It, obviously, he was the net, he was the you know the man you know in that preseason, and then he had a great game against Fulham, and then he got dropped, and that was it, gone forever. Yeah. So Luska's back in the national team. Yeah, she scored, didn't he? The other. He, the other I always quite liked Republic. him. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't a bad yeah, player. Yeah, he, he was solid ball. enough. Wasn't yeah. yeah, I always thought he's quite tough. So Luska, he looked all right. Um, so Gus Poyet um, replaced an unstable Decadio. Um, he who let September. who who <laughs> let who let Sessegnon go to West Brom, and of course Sessegnon scored against Sunderland in a three 0 win for West Brom. Uh, in comes Gus Poyet. He loses his first game. He beats Newcastle his second game. Um, so that's the second manager uh, in a row for that to happen. Um, skipping over the season here, I know there's a there's a subplot to this which we'll mention. But by the time Sunderland lose to Everton um, with a sixth own goal of the season by Wes Brown Gus Poyet said something always happens and most of the time it's against us that's the story of the season so far that was a week after he said we needed a miracle after we we lost at Spurs seven points from safety at that point Sunderland bottom of the league seven points from safety the draw Man City they go to Chelsea win first team Mourinho loses against in the league as a Chelsea manager Stuff Cardiff at Stamford Bridge sorry Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, Stuff Cardiff at home beat Man United at Old Trafford beat West Brom at home Lose to Swansea, and that was if you talked about great escapes, that was the one, mm. wasn't it? So, some of the some of the football played in that Man United game in particular. Once he got it going, Poyet, and once the confidence came back into that group, but they were almost at the point where weren't they? Where um, you know it was it was do or die. There was there was nothing mm. to lose, and in, in many ways, so so there was a sort of pressure off them. In a way, they, they just simply had to go out and, and play, and, and Wick, they did. Wickham came back obviously after yeah. people were begging for him to come back in. He'd been on loan, I think, at Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. I mean, they should have beaten Man City, shouldn't they? Yeah, and, you know, Vanoni dropped one in, didn't he? Balotelli, wasn't it? Very late in the game. No, no, that the, that was two because Wickham had scored twice, I think. Yeah, and well, then did, did Balotelli not get a late equaliser? No, I, was it Balotelli? It was, it was, was. I, that was a three-three under O'Neill. Right, okay. This was where Manoni's dropped one. He like went to his legs and rolled mm. over the line, yeah. and he couldn't scoop it out. Right, was not David Villa. Was, it might have been. Yeah. I can't remember. Who was somebody? Um, Manoni was was fantastic during that yeah. miracle run as, as well. That was about the only mistake he made, but it, yeah. it cost points. But Sunderland came back from that situation. What was it? There were seven points adrift with nine games to go. Was it something mm. like that? Or seven points adrift with five games to go. Three, four, yeah. five, six, six games to go. Yeah. Nobody expected um, them to survive. And because of the fixtures we had, we had yeah, Chelsea, yeah. Man City, Man, Man United, and they would have um, stayed up with a game to spare. Had it, had, I think uh, Wigan played Arsenal, and Arsenal that was got, a, drew nil. That was the season. No, after. no, they didn't draw nil. That, that was the season. Was that the season after? Was I it? Think it was. Whichever way around it was, anyway, there was there was a, a late equaliser, and Sunderland would have stayed up mm. even by a greater margin than they did. So it was incredible, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of good wins at Chelsea, but not haven't we? So that that two one and the three nil we mentioned yep. already before. Um, Needham, yeah, he's got a good goal, didn't he? Dancing through, dancing the, through there. the defense. The second Fantastic. goal was a good goal as well. The um, the Jean, Jean goal, where Jean. a lovely move was Zenden and uh, obviously Zenden copying the dance became like <laughs> a meme <laughs> at the time as well. 
Yes. The subplot of that was Sunderland got the League Cup final, of course. And that was... Um, do you think that was important in, in, in the run that kept us up then, or just the players had something? I think it was important for the football club. I think, you know, having a cup run, I think, uh, I think uh, again, you know, having the final against Manchester City, I think a lot of people reflect back on that in regards of how well the supporters got on as well. Nobody was expecting us to win the game, but you've got to say that, you know, we went there, we scored a goal, Give us a little yeah. excitement. And then when you reflect back on the final, you've got to say we were beaten by two yeah. unbelievable goals. Freakish. <laughs> like, like you played that game again, they yeah. wouldn't score those goals again. Yeah. Unbelievable goals. And, and to be fair, you know, you've got to look back and think, I was there and you've seen them goals go in. You know, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, I, don't, I don't like, but, you know, I don't see what you're saying. <laughs> I try and forget that too. I know, but you know, it sails it, into the top corner and the, all your dreams crushed. You know, and, and, yeah. and yes, you know, we went there. We weren't embarrassed. No. You know, everybody thought that yeah. we was going to go there and get. That we, I thought we did okay against yeah. them. You know, they're should a class have, team. Should have won, but we yeah. had we had a, a bit of a hold on Man City that time, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So like yeah. we, we we beat them about like three or four team, yeah. four seasons in a row at the Stadium of Light, didn't we? Uh, one or one nil, I think. Well, I think that um, season we played them not long before the League Cup final. And we took the lead, three three. At no, place, no, at it? our place. I'm saying we took the lead. I think one nil up. It was like a weird goal where the keeper, like the defender, cleared the ball off Conor Wickham and it went in. And then Aguero scored like an unbelievable goal straight after. And Did we, got we not beat, beat Man City like one of his first games that season? Oh yeah, um, we beat one nil and Barclays No, maybe it was the following season. I'm thinking of possibly. Them, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, we did. That was his first win. Yeah. In the league, mm-hmm. no, after no, it wasn't. Second, it was after second Newcastle, after yeah, Newcastle, yeah. And then we Come played Southampton. It was the first time we played in the league in in Poyet style because we had about thirty passes before we scored that mm. goal. <laughs> well, his style didn't really kick on as much as we thought in the 2014-2015 season. He spent all summer, if you can remember, trying to sign Fabio Barini. Well, con- <laughs> uh, con- oh no, he did no, no. He, no yeah. This season, yeah, getting, didn't he? He, he and yeah. he wouldn't let that go, Jim. Barini version one, and Barini version one, yes, was excellent, obviously, and he just he didn't seem to be able to move on from it. I think he he just felt that he was a player that he liked and that he wanted and that he could get here, but I don't think Fabio. He was, was like a love struck teenager, though, wasn't he? I think, like I say, I think he was someone he rated and 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 thought he. he he wanted him back here because, because he would he would fit in. But you know, Fabio didn't ever want to be here. Massive mistake by Barini. <laughs> I think he ruined his career on the back of that. Not coming here. No, not coming here. Or permanent after that season he had because mm. he went back to Liverpool, backed himself, barely yeah, played a game. Back at Italy was it AC Milan? He went it? to AC from us, but mm. we signed him the following summer, didn't we? Yeah, but well, he, we didn't really need him. But he it did nothing. Player, like he did nothing. Yeah. He went back to Liverpool thinking, "Well, I've had a good season on loan. I'll go back here and do well." Didn't get a game. Mm. Stagnated for a year, and then he had to rebuild again. And that was that was it for him. Really, he ended up going. To, I think he was playing wing back for AC Milan when he first went out there. Thirteenth or fourteenth, the most of that season with Poyet. You did. You always feel like something was going to click under Poyet, though. We always had a. An identity that people talk about. You always just felt like you'd watch the game and thinking, "We're almost there. We just need a little. We need a little spark from somewhere." You never really. It wasn't like the Martin O'Neill. Was it, was it Ricky Alvarez? No, but it, but it wasn't the. It wasn't like the Martin O'Neill teams where you just thought, you know, there's nothing here at all, and they're just 
trying to defend and it's so dull and slow. You always you could see what he's trying to do and you just felt, felt like we were like one or two players away from really kicking on. Or was that just me? Looking at all your faces, I think yeah. that might just be <laughs> no, me. I, I, I didn't no, see I, it personally. I, 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 I really liked, like, I really liked him and I thought that was, you know, the... You know, he just lost it towards the end. Well, we lost to Brad, he lost be, to Bradford. He wouldn't be the, the first. He wouldn't be the first Southern manager to lose it towards the end, would he? We lost. Well, we drew. A, no, we lost at Hope QPR, who were terrible, and they were bottom of the league. Jordi Gomez on the left wing. Yeah, and then in the second half, Sunderland put a, a better performance in because the players were chasing the ball down and just trying it a little bit harder, and the fans were getting behind it. And after the game, Poyet um, came out and said, "Well, if that's what the fans want, I'm I'm not on board with it." And he was he was mistaking the fans for wanting us just to launch the ball forward. Mm. And it wasn't the case at all. It was just because the players were like winning second balls, chasing things down. Then we lost to Bradford in the FA Cup, and he had a, he had another bit of a meltdown after that one, didn't he? And I think that was the I think George Honeyman made his debut that day at Bradford. If I remember yeah, he did. Came off the bench. Yeah, yeah. didn't. It wasn't. It was either an own goal or a bad mistake by John O'Shea in the first five minutes yeah, it was to an own goal. give them the, the lead. And then it was after the Bradford game that Gus issued his famous letter, wasn't it? To yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. Open letter to Open front. letter. Well, well, he did, he, he and that was, you know, sort of beginning of the end. Well, he lasted one Midway more, through yeah. the end. He lasted one more game. Yeah. Well, Aston Villa, who were relegation rivals, kept us in like, beat us 4-0. 4-0 mm-hmm. down at half-time. Yeah. And that was... <laughs> You see many like that Benoit walk apart. Did that happen? Where oh, fact, yeah, the whole, no, but, no, no, no. But, <laughs> not when Renault was playing, obviously. Yeah. What, what I mean is not not for being four and there in half time. I remember Spurs doing that was a rock apart once. Um, but like the ground empty, didn't it? And and Sunderland have built up. I think this unfair reputation where everybody just says, "Oh, oh, well, the fans just leave when you lose." And this was this was the start of that, mm. where people looked and says, "That I'm not, you know, I'm not prepared to support this. I'm not prepared to get behind them." I think, again, when, when you talk about Roker Park and you talk about Stadium of Light and the type of supporters, I think, you know, the different types. You know, you've got the, shall we say, the hardcore, proper, real, you know, who've been there going for the last 30, 40 years who was at Roker Park. No matter what, they would stay there till the end. Where, you know, you've got the, the Stadium of Light and... A lot of them have been used to, shall we say, um, Premier League football. Um, and the slightest thing which goes wrong, <laughs> the bailout, you know. Um, so I just think... Do you still do that, you, do you think? You've got, you, I've got to say that when it's going wrong, and I mean wrong, you do have one or two supporters who leave where... I think if you go back to Roker Park days, even if you are doing badly, you know, you get majority of the supporters who would or still will be there till the end. I guess the difference at Roker Park it's, it's, though it's, is yeah. you, to play, the, the fans who maybe leave at Stadium of Light weren't at Roker Park because there was only 14,000, 15,000 mm-hmm. going, you know, generally. So like at the Stadium of Light now, there's, 26, 27. So, but they're a different, different supporter. Yeah, I, no, I agree. <laughs> it is different, but it's you know, it's um, no matter no, yeah. no matter what happens. I'm talking about you know the supporters who supported at the Roker Park. No matter what happened, they stayed right through to the end. Now, if it's not going well, 
You know, you do hear of supporters leaving at half time. Yeah. Been back well. Well, it's funny we talk about the you know the decade, the last ten, you know, the last ten seasons, which was the, the quarter few years or the last hundred games or whatever it was. Like, well, it wasn't hundred games more than that, but we of the percent I like you know we lost the most games out of anybody or won the fewest games, sorry, out of anybody in a ten year period and all that kind of thing. So I guess it's amazing that there's still you've got you know, to take everything into consideration as well. You know, Stadium Light, Roker Park, travel arrangements travelling back and forth from the stadium and so you've got to take all that into consideration as well you know times have changed yeah, yeah. I think compounded were seasons like this as well um, it doesn't help does it because you feel like you've been through it the all thing is it's stuff. funny though because it's got, well it's not funny but it gets I mean it only gets worse as the decade goes on doesn't it yeah so, oh we've had a good we've, do we want to talk about the last two and a half years of yeah, the decade we, we've, we've had, had a good now we've gone through the highlights of the decade so yeah. far so well <laughs> it gets worse from here he's yeah. sucked in Dick Advocat comes in and of course he loses his first game and he beats Newcastle with his second game he's the third manager in a row for those circumstances to happen Um and again, he, he, he made Sunderland quite solid for the um, remainder of that season. And again, a, a bit of a myth about Sunderland's um, flirting with relegation before they, they actually went down. We've just looked at one there, which was definitely a great escape. We were bottom and second bottom for most of the season. Um, this season under Poyet, when Advocat come in, we were in the relegation zone for two weeks all season. And that was it. We always just did enough and we always just hovered above. So Defoe scoring that world against Newcastle is a standout for that, isn't it? Mm. Playing on the wing. <laughs> Playing on the left, yeah. didn't he? Um, well, we, we were advocates of this idea, though, Stephen, at the time. Advocates. Yeah, we were advocates. <laughs> we were advocates. The following he, season. He left and came back. The following season, Dick, he left and then he come back. And that, this was bizarre what happened because he that team was so tight and worked so hard and then he just opened it out didn't he and he signed um, he signed Lons and and uh, so he signed Lons and, and, Villa, and uh, Adam Matthews and Villa Adam and Matthews Eunice uh, Kapoor to be fair and we got ripped to shreds in, in October he resigned with us uh, second bottom after a 2-2 draw with West Ham Sam Allardyce comes in loses his first game beats Newcastle in his second game that's the fourth manager in a row. That's, it's, that will never not be remarkable that stat will it is it a subconscious thing, James? Is he the Newcastle game coming up and thinking, well, have to get rid of him? So he's. Well, it was getting to that point, though, wasn't it? It was, it getting, was, getting, to to, it was getting to the point where. When are we playing Newcastle? <laughs> oh, we play. Right, get rid of the manager before. <laughs> it, it was. was, it was getting, you know, managers, we were managers were clearing the desk <laughs> the, the, when, when the Newcastle game was two, two games away. Fuck the removal of any advance. <laughs> well, we struggled on um, 18th and 19th until January and things were a bit difficult under Sam at first and I think we were starting to see where fans of well, other clubs were coming from. We had from. a reasonable start and then we had a really bad spell through December into January yeah. where we um, lost a lot of games. And we were, second bo- we were second bottom and third bottom for the majority of that. Now to highlight what can be done because anybody looking at Sunderland that time would have been saying this is a basket case you can't do anything with it blah 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 and then Sam Allardyce goes out and he signs three players Four. and Four, sorry. No, got... Nobody remembers Dami and Doy. Oh, yes, of course. I thought he was all right. He I mean, was. he wasn't brilliant, but like... But never has a manager done so um, so much with so little in terms of three important players and Corner, Kasri and Kirchhoff, the three Kears, of course. And then from January, Sunderland um, have 19 games, so half a season, uh, win six, draw nine, lose four. So... Nine, it's half a season, 19 
19 games, 27 points. Mm. Well, I remember the first game, remember Kershaw came off the bench and yeah. everyone was like, who on earth is this guy? He's woeful. And then, yeah. back at and then we played. It was that Tottenham money yeah, Spurs. Yeah, came and it were back on. three. And then, it was like Bambi on ice. And then we played Man City in the week and we lost 1-0, but we played really well and he was outstanding. And everyone was like, you know what? This group, if we had a bit more time, we'd probably stay up. But we don't, so we won't. Mm. But I mean, but just, we did. Just to, so this is just so this <laughs> in goes, some style as this well. This is why it's relevant. So it goes back to you know what what Bruce only managed to get it with that you know cracking team that he had. And that wasn't a great escape. We we did take it down the second last game of the season. Of course, everyone remembers a win against Chelsea three two and Defoe scored two. Some atmosphere at the ground. That even better for the Everton game, which was midweek, and we stay up and we win three nil. And Newcastle and Newcastle down get result. relegated. And people like Jamie Carragher always saying Sunderland's problem is this the way they were doing the walk of honour at the end and mm. celebrating they weren't celebrating staying up it was a sustained spell of well playing well which is relegated to your rivals a bit different isn't it to, to celebrating survival I, like the, the impression seemed to be from the outside but Sunderland haven't done a lap of honour for many a year <laughs> it has long since been rebranded a lap of appreciation yeah. for the supporters yeah, yeah. so but I mean, just to highlight how well Sam did. So, 19 games, exactly half a season, 27 points. David Moyes got three points less than that in a full season, the following season, mm. with the same group of players. Well, he started with the same group of players. He decided not to sign Yannam Villa, who was available for six, seven million quid. He spent double that on in Dong instead, um, and he let Eunice Kabul leave. How big of a decision was that? Better. Big blow. Um, again, did Kabul want to stop? That's the big question. Um, you know, he, he formed a great They didn't come out and said he wanted to leave or anything, though, did they? He said that he wanted to leave. He said that he had the opportunity to go. He lived in Watford mm-hmm. and he had the opportunity to go mm-hmm. back to where his family were. And so that's why he left. Uh, the agreement was that he would play one more. I can't remember what the game was, that he, yeah. would, that he would play one last game for them in August, whenever it was. And then the deal was that he would be out. And Sunderland recoup what they paid for him so that was why that well, the that, how that deal came, it, was came was to he, be did he have fam- family problems I think, yeah there was some sort of family issue why he had to be back home the issue was name was it that summer it was Corny 20, yeah, we I, saw I, I think, we were turned down yeah. 25 million quid from Everton for Corny I think when you look back 18 million quid wasn't I, it and I everybody think, thought that was yeah, a great yeah. a great thing that someone had hung on to Corny yeah we did I think when you look back it was badly managed wasn't it you know, the old Corny situation. Okay, Kabul went and they formed a fantastic partnership, Kabul and Kone in the heart of defence. All of a sudden, Kabul's gone. There's a lot of speculation regarding Kone. Should we sell him? Shouldn't we sell um, Should we keep him? 18 million was flaunted about. No, we want more. You know, and the player or his agent, did they want to go to Everton? Someone wanted to keep him. You know, so... All of a sudden, you've got a player who doesn't know if he's coming or going. And you've got to say, his performance, well, I just think the old way it was handled was poor. If he'd kept up the performance levels that he showed in his first period, Sunderland, he'd be in everybody's team of the century. That's how good he was. And so team of the century, sorry, team of the decade. I've got to say. Team, well, right, it would be team of this big century. Well, to be fair, probably team of big the, the century. Oh, yeah, Since yeah, the yeah, noughties, yeah. to be fair, you Absolutely. probably would say so. Mm. But... Um, he effectively downed tools, which was which was the problem. And that, and and you know the funny thing is, if we'd sold him and got relegated, people would have said, 
well, it's because, you know, we sold Kone and got relegated. Well, we managed to keep him, like Bento says, and everyone was delighted about it, like you were saying. And, uh, it, you know, it's come back. It just goes to show, doesn't it? And you never know. You never know what what the outcome's going to be, you know. that I think everyone at university thought it's the right decision to show strength as a football club to say you can't come and take our best players. And he slowly became one of the weakest players in the in the group. I think the, when you look back, you see that the players that, that Sam brought in in that January mm. um, were were essentially short-term fixes. They, they came in, we got a great six months out of Kone. But if Sam stayed, would they have got more out of them, though? He then down tools. You had Jan Kirchhoff, who stayed fit for that yeah. period, who didn't stay fit well, after then. The so so, one, so yeah. it, it, fell, it fell to pieces, really, um, for, those, for those reasons. And those players me, did not carry on however, in the same vein. Moyes, the fact that he just binned Kasri was unforgivable, really. Like, you've got a player there the club spent 10, 11 million quid on, who'd had a really good end of the season and was a good player. He, he was the least impressive of the, of the January signing. But he was still very good, though. Aside from Damien Doy. But he was still very good. And he, he was involved in a lot of goals. And people liked him because he could score from corners. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he gave you something and he was an irritant. You know, he like when he got in people's faces and all that. And then, you know... Moyes came, decided and fancied him and just, just binned him and it was like, well, you, and we started the season with Lyndon Gooch just, against Man City and, and it was see, like, well, you've got to build on what you've, the foundation you've been given, don't destroy it, especially when we've got limited resources. And coming out and saying, you know, maybe we're in a relegation battle, maybe that's the best this team can do and I've just highlighted that, you know, Sam Allardyce got 27 points out of largely the same group of players. Not so, signing Yedlin could be an argument to say, you know, people were mixed on him but he, he, he was settled and we had a settled group and we dismantled it. Sam wasn't going to sign Yedlin on a permanent basis. No, but we he, he'd, already, he'd already said that he didn't think he was good enough for the Premier League. But who would he, I guess, you know. So, and and this, this is it, you see, what happens is there's kind of a narrative t- takes place and, and you know, if Sam had have stayed, this would have happened. But Sam had, had no intention no, of he, staying. He had no intentions no, of stopping. Like the England thing is a sideshow, you know, it, when you asked Sam towards the end of the season, he never said he would stay. He was always uh, looking for his next job. So even if England hadn't come along, he would have gone some, somewhere just else. Because it wasn't the money that spend that he wanted to. I think that that probably basically played, he couldn't, played a part. couldn't strengthen what where he wanted. Mm. He he knew that he knew that he needed to do certain things, strengthen certain areas to take the team forward, and that money never was never forthcoming. So he was on his on his way. So you, so you have to. I know that people say, oh, if only England hadn't come in, you know, Sunderland could be top six team under Sam Allardyce, but it was never going to happen. It was never a viable option. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're probably right. We don't have a show. So shall we I just, big, shall we just forget the last three years? Well, this, this is it. They're going to really, really skip over it. So Moyes got us relegated, and then when we got relegated, you thought, well, at least Sunderland have never finished lower than third in the championship since 1996. So in 22 years, 22 years, Sunderland have never finished lower than 23rd in the English football pyramid will be alright won't we yeah no yeah worries. no and then Grayson Bain Steele Camp relegation last season as we know Coleman as well check a trade playoff final and all that new owners playoff final and now we are where we are and look at Steve at the Bruce the time of recording he's finding it tough again managing in the North East at Newcastle he's enjoying it at the, well yeah at the turn of the at the turn of the century um, 
he's at Sunderland one year and then he's going to be in Newcastle at the, the following turn uh, sorry the turn of the decade getting my centuries and decades mixed <laughs> up again but anyway there you go that's 10 years in a nutshell do you have a favourite one game or anything favourite game Old Trafford League Cup semi-final mm. best aside from the obvious best night of your life you know children being born marriage all that that's it for me best night of my life is it it was unbelievable. I'll never forget it. We actually put a, a tweet out saying, give us your best games, and I, I didn't see them before now. So you know you mentioned when we lost to QPR. Yeah. And you said, oh, yeah, Gorba's playing away, and we've actually got an answer here. <laughs> Sunderland nil QPR 2, 2015, we played Jordi Gomez on the left wing. <laughs> Some people do remember it. 3-2 in Chelsea, people are saying 3-1 over Spurs, which we've mentioned. Chelsea 3, Sunderland nil. we've mentioned. 3-2 at home at Chelsea was fantastic, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what about you, Benno, from a commentary perspective? Ooh. I think you can it's not back. easy, Benno, is it's it? Not, it's not it's easy not, to think back. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, obviously, the Newcastle game, and before we hit that volley right on the half-time, that was unbelievable. You know, um, that was a fantastic... Um, a few St. Chelsea 3-2. That was a good one when we beat Everton at home and the old stadium was rocking to stay up. That was another good night. Paul Clinton, the Grizzly Gareth, Man United in the Cup. I'm gonna um, go for I'm gonna go for um probably the three nil at St James's Park under Paolo. Really? Which was just the whole the whole occasion because up to that point derbies had been Mm. events that, that some of the managers Steve Bruce in particular had tried to play down and Paolo tackled it head on and came out with loads of quotable lines and the sliding down the touchline and all, all the rest of it. started talking about the Civil War and everything. Didn't <laughs> well, he started, he started talking about <laughs> Roman legionnaires and, you know, winning in their home and 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 then I seem to remember and I seem to remember afterwards he didn't didn't he get to say something along along the lines of he had a vision of his dead mother and she said not to worry, Paolo, That's everything true. will be fine. It's, it's, it was just it was just an incredible experience. Quite aside from the football itself, just the whole thing was <laughs> was was surrounded. We had the one not it was about two weeks before the the League Cup final as well, didn't we? When we won three 0 yeah, and mm. that I thought that one was more comprehensive than the one that three yeah. nil. Yeah, we played. We, we just like they were. Meek and we just were miles, miles better yeah. than them, and it was so easy. Could have been out the door against Newcastle. Brilliant, wasn't he? And then wasn't in the squad for the cup final well, next yeah, game, which harsh, was really mad. It wasn't the next game because um, we went to Arsenal right. the week before. Cup it was M. Jack Orr mentioned the QPR game, so people was meant it was commented Joe Owens. I'm not going to mention the wise ones here, lads being daft. Michael Paul mentions a Blackpool game where we had 4,000 shots on target and lost 2 0. Yeah. Um, David Collins talking about championship games. 3-3 three, three, Bristol City beating Derby 4-1 I'd rather forget about that season if it's yeah. all the same with you <laughs> Nicholas Wilson mentioned the Man City when G scored yeah, yeah. Last yeah. that was brilliant wasn't it <laughs> that was all over the world afterwards yeah it was well, indeed wasn't it? yeah wasn't that with Jack Colback at left back and was that the one with yeah with, I think uh, we did have a two full backs I think uh, Gardner would have been right back yeah, Gardner at right back and Colback at left back and it was just the most unlikely mm. clean sheet you'll ever see particularly in current mm. circumstances. David Gardner, 3-0 to Swansea under Moyes. 
a much needed boost lifted the swans off the bottom of the table. 3 2 Chelsea, 3 2 Chelsea, 3 2 Chelsea, 3 1 Spurs, Richard Easterbrook, we've mentioned. 3 2 Chelsea, 1 0 Defoe's goal. So I can't you get believe there's not, there's not more Newcastle games in there. It's all 3 2 Chelsea and there's not more the, the League Cup semi final. I mean, we, had, we won the game and, and we chucked it away in, in a minute and then it went on penalties. The worst penalty shootout of all time. But the best night of all time. Oh, best night so I remember all that night. I remember went, uh, went, uh, went out after and we were like wandering around Manchester trying to find somewhere to go. We went to this club, went down and the, this guy in the door was like, oh, um, Story claim? I'm a Ma- yeah, yeah, he was like, I'm a Man United fan. Um, sorry, I'm a Man City fan. Sorry, and he was like sort of uh, congratulating us and all that. And as we walked down the stairs... Uh, things can only get better came on the uh, came on and like, there was a load of Sunderland fans in there obviously he'd requested it and they were all dancing and that drinking cans of red stripe till about 3 o'clock in the morning it was brilliant <laughs> we just woke up laughing yep. we woke up laughing like every all, we all there was a Craig from um, Wise Men say was with and a few of the other lads um, and everyone woke up laughing I remember, was, remember that, I remember that cup semi final because obviously Vito was the penalty yeah. hero, and uh, uh, obviously at the end of each game, a certain number of players get selected only for random mm-hmm. drug testing, yeah. and Vito was was the was the selected man from from Sunderland that that day, um, and obviously at the end of end of a game you dehydrate, so they give give a drink, so they give Vito a bottle of beer to try and. Uh, get the fluids going as it were and, and Vito doesn't drink at all so Vito had this bottle of beer and he was three sheets to the wind so when, when they eventually put him in front of a camera to do his Sky interview if you look at him he's, he's giggling like a schoolboy he, 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 he'd had one beer and he was so, just, so during a random drugs test to give you drugs to, to give you a beer but that's, that's legal but that's fine drugs. That's, right, okay. that's fine right what we're going to do is we're going to come back teams? and we're going to do our we're going to do our teams and Venno's going to be, he's going to be the... We've gone on a bit, the, we'll have to hurry up. The yep. decider. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, right, we're going to quickly whiz through this then. Um, have you got a pen there, Stephen? Sorry. I have got oh, a Can pen, I just yes. grab that off you? Sorry, I'm not cutting that out. Just leave it in. Go on, go on. <laughs> right, so we're going to we're going to go through our teams, myself, James, and then um, Gary's going to give us his opinion on the players we mentioned, and right. we'll, he's going to have the deciding uh, vote. So, have you got a pen to write Gary's team down? Is that why you've got it? 
No, no, I'm, I'm doing I that. I was right? thinking because I'm capable of no, doing no, that myself. No, no, I no, no, I need okay. to write down when I was going to So there'll be the a definitive team that we'll come up with. So we'll start naturally before we talk about formations and whatever with the goalkeepers. Did anybody not go for Jordan Pickford? I went for Jordan Pickford. I've got Pickford. Right, we've all done that. We've all gone Pickford. Nice easy one, Ben, for you. Craig well, Gordon, honourable mention. Mignolet was Mignolet as well. Yeah. I gave honourable mentions for Mignolet. Yeah. If there's three votes for Pickford, it's going to be Jordan Pickford. There you go, Pickford. Yeah. Right. Everybody going for back four? I yeah. have. Right, let's start at right back, James. Uh, I went with Phil Bardsley. Gareth? Mm-hmm. Bardsley. And Phil Bardsley as well. That's a no, I agree for with that. Easy for you, this, yes, Benno, isn't that, it? That was the easy one. And then, <laughs> I, I know, said Bardsley. I we've got said a, Bardsley. It was always a man we all thought we had to improve on and then never did. Mm-hmm. So. But looking back, he did all right. He was a yeah, decent, rounded yeah. fullback, wasn't he? Right, centre half. So I expect we might see a mix here then. This is interesting. Because I was. Both. Don't them both? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, it's always difficult to, to pick players. Do you pick players that are good over a sustained period of time or the ones you can only judge them over the period that they're here? Um, on ability, I picked Mensa and Kone as my centre halves. Okay. I've got Mensa and Kabul. I've also got John Mensa, so he makes the team, doesn't he? I was, it was actually Mensa or Kabul for me, and I was thinking about this all day. And I took Kabul out just because of, when Mensa was fit, he was just it wasn't, sensational, wasn't he? If he if he so was you've got Mensa and who? Well, the other one, um, I went for Wes Brown as the other one. Oh, that's a good shout. But so who have we got? So we've got Wes Brown, Kabul. Uh, or Corner. Corner, better. Um, I'm saying the Allardyce Men- Corner. Mensa's in. Mensa's in. So, so it's, in. Uh, it's between Kabul and Corner. Or Wes Brown. Yeah. Or Wes Brown. I would say Kabul. Kabul. Don't like when Gareth gets <laughs> decisions. Corny when he was at his peak, mm. yeah, you know, but, could have edged but yeah, it. But I mean, yeah. under Allardyce, yes. Yeah. Under anybody else, no. Yeah. Mensa could have been if he was could have stayed fit. He would have been too good for Salah. Like, he would have been <laughs> yeah. like Real Madrid, Barcelona. Good. He was brilliant. Mm. Left back. I think this is going to be one of two here. Are they both lawn? Were they both lawns? Well, I've got Danny Rose. Do you, uh, James? I've got Marcus Alonso. <gasps> So it was obviously going to be those two, and I was deciding between those two myself as well. And at one point it was one, and then one point it was the other. I've actually settled on Danny Rose. Honorable honorable mention for Patrick Van Anholt. Yeah, I've yeah. got him Patrick, on my bench. No, we've done well at left back. I think. No, I haven't actually. No, I haven't. Um, Danny Rose, excellent. Um, obviously, Alonso, he's doing really, really well as well. But I'm going to give the nod to Danny Rose. Yeah. Okay. Is that all your players in so far, Gareth? It is. <laughs> God. Yeah. Right. So um, this is where it changes a bit because people might have gone four four two. People might have gone four three three. I've gone four three three. Anybody else? Four three three. I went four four two. Oh, James makes it a bit complicated. Maybe one of your players works up front for us. Yeah, so yeah. let's just try and get some midfielders we agree on to see if they go on the team. Anyway, give us uh, your midfielders, Gareth. My three central midfielders are uh, Catmull, Envia, and Henderson. I've also gone Henderson and Envia, and I've gone Steedmal Bronk as my third midfielder. He's a winger. I'm playing four three three. He's not a forward, is he? He's, a he's, in, he's in mine as a winger. So. As a forward. Well, he's a winger. He played right side midfield he or played, left side he midfield. Played, he played in, in, a, in a midfield three as well. Though. <laughs> uh, I'd go for Catamol and Henderson, which you've both got in, in there. And if you were picking a, a third one, I would go for Kirchhoff. 
So Henderson's in. I didn't have Catamol in mine, I'll be honest. Uh, Honourable mention to Lee Catamol because I love him, but I think Jan and Villa was... Jan and Villa will, will play for me. Yeah. Um, there you go. Obviously, in. Jordan Henderson. Well, Malbronk, if we've all got... Well, we've got two set midfielders there, so why don't I Malbronk give the front the three? And we go... Yeah, because we might have... So my, my front three... And then you can give your two and you give your forwards okay. and then we can pick the rest right. of the team okay. out of that. So I've got Sessegnon, Malbrank and Defoe for my three. Sessegnon, Darren Bent and Defoe. Right, well, obviously, because I went for a different formation to you guys, it got a little bit mixed up. So my midfield four was Henderson, Catamall, Kirchhoff and Larson. They were my four in midfield and the front two were Bent and Defoe. So Defoe's in. Mm. Did you have Darren Bent here? Uh, no, I didn't. I did in mind. I wasn't going to just because of the way he left. Oh, that's why I've binned him off. But the I, way just, he left. I just, I can't. It's can't hard do not it. to acknowledge two goals, oh, two goal scorers like that who were just made a delight going to watch. So Mal Bronk, myself and Gareth have gone in for. Would you be happy with him in Beno? And we put him in as a winger and we go four four two. Not sure. I'm just having a think. What about Sessegnon? I like Sessignon, yeah. But did you have Sessignon? You could play Sessignon. Yeah, I'd have Bent and Defoe in the team. Okay, they're both in then. Okay, I think you can have um, Sessignon and Molbronk. That would be the team. Agree, because there's a little bit flexibility yeah. in that team as well. You can go four four two, or Agree. you can actually go four three three. I'm buzzing at those front six are the ones I had as well. <laughs> so there you go. Gareth got his back five. I got the front six, and then on, James honourable mention for honor- Lewis Graban as well. <laughs> <laughs> are there any of the current players who get an honourable mention? Ada McGeady, I've got personally, just because it doesn't matter what level you're playing at. Last season, he brought us a lot of joy. Luke O'Neill, right. the current setup. I think Luke O'Neill is a, for me, could Maybe be John on McLaughlin. the bench. Maybe John He's McLaughlin. one of them who can play in numerous positions, can't he? I can't pick a player from the worst team we've ever had in a team of the decade. It's just my... Honourable mentions. <laughs> but it's the worst team we've ever had in our history, so I can't pick a player from... Asmor Jean. It's a shame, no, that, it's a sh- it's a shame that that got mm. cut short. Do you want me so- I've got some subs. Go on, then. I've got Mignolet, O'Shea Zenden, Kirchhoff, Larson. Richardson and Bent. Richardson completely played left back, played Keir, ten. Keir Richardson was a really important signing for something. He was, and he stayed for, he was, he for was, five years. He was, he, was the, he was the big one under Keane, mm. where you thought actually we're not going to get promoted and sign the players Mick McCarthy had done last time we've been promoted. We're, we're, we're going to go and sign Keir Richardson from Manchester United, who was in the England squad and stuff. And that was a big statement. And of course, he's winning goal against Newcastle, yeah. which was the first time we've beaten at home in like. 20 odd years. Versatile player, wasn't he? Mm. Good play left back, yeah. left side of midfield as well. So, Are there any players you'd put in? Just Kenwin Jones, honourable mention? I, I, put, I did put Jones down on my mm. list, who was outstanding for that brief period when he when Tottenham tried to buy him. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I really like Revy, yeah. Do you know, and like, I think like now when I look back, he's not much of a shock, Stephen. <laughs> Calm down. Um, wherever, like players like that, where like now, given the situation, and you look back, sometimes you think, you'd, like he was so good, like a proper mm. footballer, proper professional, class. And like same as Endon, he was a class player. Like even though he's coming towards the end of his career. He, and we never, like we, we froze Malbrank out. I mean, Malbrank really is probably more for the last decade than this one 
but we kind of froze him out. We froze Zenden out. We decided we were going to get rid of them, and then we brought in players who weren't adequate enough to adequately skilled enough to replace them because they were these players we had apparently were too old and not good enough. And right. James McLean for the spell he was here under. He had, he, yeah, I mean O'Neill. That Tottenham half was, a season. Yeah, Tottenham were interested in him at that time. Half well. a season. What about yeah. someone like Alan Hutton? I know it's like he was. He was I, I was actually taught of a lot of work. Mm, yeah. the end, I said Bardsley wins it, but Hutton actually for yeah, the six he months he close. played yeah. was excellent, wasn't he? We all wanted to sign him, didn't we? Seven, eight. Another one of the loan, many loans we've added something in that decade. We did have a lot of loans because we had Danny Welbeck as well, didn't we? Welbeck. Welbeck yeah. I thought about him as well. You know, I thought when I had Cessna under four bent, if you're going to actually pick a team, Welbeck would have been a better fit. Welbeck, you're not going to go off that, are you? So. Yeah. Evans, centre back. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, he, was, mm. he, was he this? Oh, he, he might have just, just missed this. He might have just missed the decade. I think he just missed it. Yeah, because he was under Roy, wasn't he? He was keen, mm. so he'd have been 808 or 09, probably. Noswell, he was still there at the start of this. CC would have just missed it as well. Yeah, CC would have missed it. Mm. Yeah. So the but team... You look, you look at the players on the list who didn't make it, you didn't pick them and think that, like Jack Marini, like Yanazai, people like that who were signed. Danny think, Collins just missed it as well. Yeah, no, he was just he was in the squad. And I did look Danny at him. Cause but he, got, but he, he went in the summer yeah. of 2009. Did he really? Yeah. No, mm. right, okay. Yes, he knew that, Gareth. Of course he did. <laughs> he was in the list for 0-9-10. I didn't know he left. So yeah, he left in that, that. I'm glad that I didn't put him in now. So, well, in the group anyway. Yeah, but, you know. we like it, Danny. Difficult. Um, so Mind you, it was quite interesting looking through all those squad lists and looking at mm. some of the poor players that Sunderland have had. You could you could make quite a lot of, of worse teams. That's for a decade, whole new podcast. That remember there was players like remember um, Omari Tonkara when everyone was like going on about he was going to be the like. The next uh, big like young talent and all that like you look through some of the the younger lads and people were talking about at the time. Yeah, Max Clayton, remember him? We had him on like a trial. Can't remember. Charles him. and Zogby. Yeah, yeah. Charles and Zogby. Max Clayton were, we went Rod, to Bolton. Rod Preaker scored Rod, on his debut. Oh, but that, but that was that last was He's got to be one of the worst <laughs> yeah. signings ever. I don't know where we got him from. <laughs> well, <laughs> he scored his debut, didn't he? Alborg, and then everyone yeah. thought, oh, yes, he's, he's got it here. And then he got he, he had the old. Um, did he have the old sub sub thing? Yeah, uh, Liverpool came yeah. on yeah. as a sub and went off. Cadamangan. Mm. Yeah, mm. he was in that. Uh, Kyriakos. Kyriakos. He was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Um, so the the team we have, the 11, which was. Um, we, we all had, had Cura- a big It's imp- been curated by Gary Bennett. Big input in there. Yeah, Guy Bennett. Yeah, my, my, my fault, yeah. yeah. I'll take the blank. Curated by Gary <laughs> Captain Gary Bennett had the definitive yeah, yeah, yeah. say. Uh, just when, you, when they announced the team before uh, the next game, have a look at that team and then listen back to this. <laughs> And, and, think about, and think about the, the best 11, in our opinion, um, of the of the decade for Sunderland was Jordan Pickford in goal, right-back Phil Bardsley, centre-halves John Mensah and Eunice Kabul, Danny Rose left-back, midfield three, Yannam Villa, Jordan Henderson, Steve Malbronk, front three, Jermaine Defoe, Darren Bent, Stefan Sessignon. That's not bad, is it? That team might get out of League One even now. <laughs> yeah. Wish we had him. Can you, can you remember under Moyes when there was talk like people were like, because Cessignon was on a free and Bentner was on a free and people were like, in the January, why don't we go and get Bentner and Cessignon back in the table? Probably wouldn't have been a bad shout the way it turned out, but you know. There's always that, that cry, isn't it, to go back and bring in players that have already been. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we've got a manager of the decade. Oh, we were just about to wrap things up, Jamie. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Who would you have? I would have Poyet as my manager. Would you? 
I would have Sam Allardyce. Would I you? Think. I think yeah. a lot of people would have Sam Allardyce. Yeah. I think Sam. So. I'm, I'm, I'd take. I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah. There you go. So we'll, we'll print that in a couple of days on Twitter. We'll give people a chance to listen first yeah. and then we'll put our team of the decade out. So feel free to um, tweet us yours as well and we'll have a big chat. So thanks for listening. For your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.